Andy. So uh, we just got through recording this episode. Um, just so everybody knows, it's going to be a two-parter only because, I mean, it, it, we just couldn't stop. I mean, in fact, we could have still been recording right now. I think it's, it's you know, oh, it was listen. hours. This is going to be a fantastic show. You're going to want to listen to this. You're going to want to come back to it. We're talking about the artificial intelligence, but the application of this is more than just how to automatically classify goods. This is a different aspect of AI into the supply chain. And folks, you're really going to want to listen to this. There's two parts to it. It's some really deep stuff. Um, but anyway, I hope you'll listen to both sides of it because definitely we got into some really good detail in the first part. And in the second part was actually pulling it around to what do I actually do? What's it actually going to do for me and, and, and how it will benefit you in your jobs? So exactly. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that. So um, tune in two parter uh, back to back and, uh, you know, enjoy. I mean, really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. Before we get started with the show, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Global Training Center. As trade compliance professionals, you want to make sure that your procedures and documentation are completed as correctly as possible to avoid any delays and possible fines. We provide a range of trade compliance courses that will fit your needs. From in-person or web training to recorded on-demand courses, we can train one or even thousands on your team through your learning platform or on our portal. We can even customize a private session for your team. Go to globaltrainingcenter.com to find out more. Hey, Simply Trade listeners. Ever wondered if Andy's memory is truly shorter than a turtle's tail? Got a show-related story that's worth sharing? Now's your chance. Introducing the first ever Simply Trade Fan Roundtable. We're calling for listeners to come on to the show for a special episode featuring you, our amazing listener. Connect with fellow trade professionals, exchange opinions, and contribute your valuable insights to the show and the world of trade compliance. Ready to join? Go to www.gtc.trade slash pod for details. Don't miss the chance to join the Simply Trade Fan Roundtable. And, and on uh, on another note, I guess I did prior to the show, I was doing some research, Todd, and or as people call it, some creeping around. <laughs> I um, I found, okay, so I saw that aside from what you're doing, you also involved in another project. And I don't know, do you think it's appropriate for you to talk about that other project, the, the nonprofit project and uh, how you store that data? Because to me, I feel that that's interesting. Why? I mean, I come back from the day of back in the day, 25 30 years ago of, uh, of uh, computer programming and everything where uh, the best way to share data and to make sure that data is correctly stored is through EDI. Remember, I, I'm sure everybody used to talk a lot about EDI, right? Uh, electronic uh, data interchange or something like that. I don't know, anyway, whatever that. Any, and um, I kind of relate it to what you're doing uh, on this other project where you're creating a standard in which data is stored and everybody will always know what is the, in your case, genome or whatever uh, in data or information you want to store for that product with relations to trade. Um, so I don't know if that is, if this is a good time to also talk about that. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. I, I mentioned earlier that the ability to create that product genome relies on, on access to, to product data. And, 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 you know, when you're talking about, a bill of material or a, or a tech pack or, you know, any, you know, 
te uh, technical specifications, um, manuals that describe how to use the product. There is no standard for sharing information like that other than attachments to emails. It, it, for 20 trillion in trade that crosses border every year, whenever somebody says stop, I need to know what's in that package or I need to know how you came up with country of origin or I need to know how you came up with HDS code, the whole thing stops and it turns to emails and uh, PDFs and asking questions up and down the supply chain. And, and to answer these, these questions, you need that rich, you know, you need access to that type of rich attribute data. And there's no standard for sharing that kind of information. There's no EDI message for doing that. There's EDI messages for everything else but that. And, and there's no, there is no other standard or, or, or message set that exists. The WCO data model, UN, it doesn't exist. So that's what we're trying to do at, at Origin BX. It's, it's, it's to come up with a standardized message set for sharing detailed product attribute data uh, across, you know, legacy global trade management platforms, ERP systems, and even blockchain. Well, which, right, which makes sense because I, I mean, I come from that background. I mean, uh, everybody's heard me on the show say that I come back from a, come from a GTM background. And yes, my software used to produce a NAFTA certificate back in the day, NAFTA certificate of origin, let's say. That certificate of origin is the same for every single customer that's going to buy that from me, right? So I'm going to produce that for them. Not everybody's using what I'm using, you know, or, you know, like uh, vendor A, vendor B, vendor C. It's like a Toyota. You're not going to put a a Nissan um, engine inside it. Well, I guess you can nowadays, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, so everybody builds to their own specs. Same thing with data. You know, if I'm going to share my certificate of origin you need to somehow get it into that format to get it into that other vendor software to receive it and or send it, you know. And so anyway, that's what we're, you're saying. It's just a standard. That's, you're right. But we're going deeper. We're going what's right, behind right. the certificate of origin. Like, exactly. so, so if you exactly. don't trust the certificate of origin, I don't know how many people out there just trust the certificate <laughs> of origin. Um, warning, if, that, if, if you do. Um, you know, sometimes <laughs> right. you, you, you have to, you know, uh, nevertheless, thank you for the certificate of origin, but, you know, we're going to do, we, we need to do like a, an audit and, and, and spot check and just really know that if push came to shove, the product actually does qualify, right? So, so it, it, it's, it's, it's all that underlying data behind the certificate of origin that, that we would be addressing in this message set that I'm, that I'm referring to. Um, and if there are, any other people like yourself that are really getting into the weeds on this stuff, please get involved. OriginBX-Oasis.org is the uh, location for this open source uh, project that we're, that we're working on. And we're also going to put uh, the contact and, and links and all that to in the show notes. So awesome. for our listeners, you don't have to worry about, oh, man, what did he just say or whatever. It's like we'll put it in the show notes and, and go from there. But one of the things – let me let me just – say though that I, well first off i applaud that effort to try and standardize a file layout in a sense or a format for what you're talking about in 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 laying things out because from a systemic standpoint um you know the the network data exchange and, and, and programming guys, they don't care what the data is. If you're saying we need to send it, whatever is great. If there's a standardized format, it makes it easier so that when they map 
the data to a specific file, they don't have to redo it constantly every time there's a new project. Here it is. So I love that idea. Going to the other scenario here with the AI scenario on that snapshot, though, would you say that what you're looking at, there, there's two things that come to mind. I wanted to ask this question earlier. Is that being able to take this snapshot of what you're talking about, Todd, is this something that would help validate my purchase? And then where I mean by that is I'm a compliance person. So our our purchasing folks have said, uh, somebody's told us, like, hey, we need this widget manufactured. They're out looking for big, bigger, better, faster, cheaper. And they find a source for it. Uh, the transportation folks get pulled in, they are routing it and they do all these things and here comes the widget. So taking this snapshot is only, would it be kind of like a forensic, almost like a forensic analysis of that product compared to what we issued you a purchase order and from a compliance, the source said everything's fine on it. And this would give you validation to say, yes, in fact, that source is a good one. Exactly. Or no, it's not. Exactly. No, you're exactly right. You know, down to the skew or lot number or serialized, you know, however, however we're, you know, we're, we're marking our products. I, I like the G10, you know, the, the, the G10, that GS1.org. Um, a lot of companies are starting to standardize on that. Um, and we're, we have, we're, we're going to have a registry, you know, so you can literally, if you're, you know, if you found that distributor and you have that skew or that G10, You'd go to the registry and see if there's already, you know, a, a, a attestation that's been recorded for that product. So to answer, this is, a, again, a long answer to your early question. If, if you're buying a widget from a distributor, distributor is telling you X, Y, and Z, but you need proof, you, you would enter in the SKU, see if it already exists, you know, within the registry and be able, you would ask the producer to see that information because your point earlier was a good one too, which is they may not want you to see that because there's some sensitive information in there that they just, they're not going to make available to the whole world. So you, you would, you would see that there has been an attestation that has been recorded to the blockchain and the results were this or that. But then if you needed that underlying source documentation, you'd have to ask the data owner, the manufacturer, for access to that information. And it would be up to the manufacturer to, to grant you that access. So the registration of basically then in, is a product with its background, with its validation that it, everything's legit. Are you saying that the registration could continue to keep the original supplier vendors of those raw products in the dark or to that your distributor, your buyer or your, your seller. But if it's registered as if I'm a buyer and I go and it's registered with this service of some kind. Yeah. Where is that in the CBP enforcement? Is there, are they going towards something like a NAFTA or USMCA certificate of origin that's required uh, upon request, uh, required to prove the origin of that product. I mean, is 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 forced labor and all these others going that route? The answer has been no, but I mean, until it happens, right? Um, but 
I'm wondering if there should be a standard of for these attestations, you know, so that there is something that it's readily available. Here it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's it, it, right. And and the idea is that, yes, CBP would have access. They could ask the producer, this, you know, we're CBP. We need this for the following reasons. The data owner could decide to give that information or not. That's the point. But but CBP could see that it exists when it was recorded. What the who did it? You know, Todd Smith from KPMG did the analysis. I'm not with KPMG anymore, but you know, a reputable lawyer who you know knows this particular area. Attention, all trade geeks! The G Tech Conference is coming to Oklahoma City, and you won't want to miss it. Mark your calendars for July 30th through August 1st and join us for a jam-packed event with expert-list sessions and networking opportunities. And guess what? The Simply Trade podcast will be recording live at the event. Don't miss this unique chance to be featured on a show and share your insights with fellow trade professionals. We'll see you in Oklahoma City, where trade compliance takes center stage. Go to www.ncbfaa.org and become part of the action. one who did the attestation um, and this was the finding but again if you want and need the underlying records for your own proof or review or your own expert to look at you got to ask permission now you know this was actually brought up as well at the uh, forced labor expo that I was in um, DC and you know what what I already know but what I heard from other software vendors, as well is that the the participants in the supply chain of goods from raw materials to finished products that are serving these markets in the US in the EU they 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 are they're they're reading you know the, the writing on the walls which is if i'm going to be competitive i'm going to need to start sharing this information because if i don't my competitor will share this information and I'm going to lose business. You see what I'm saying? So Todd, hey, all right. as I'm getting into this, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting kind of excited here, but on the same token, it's like, all right, you got to be in business. You got to protect your business. So here's where I'm going to say, I love again, the idea of a registry. The question is, who has control of that registry? To me, it's got to be like a neutral party, somebody like uh, the International Chamber of Commerce or ICC or something like that. The ICC has been a big one, a uh, big proponent in, in use of the uh, certificates of origins. Well, actually, certificates of origins are becoming old school. Even though a lot of people still using them and all that, the credibility, unfortunately, on certificates of origin has been is, is becoming more and more damaged because people are just they'll put down information, but there's been no verification or validation of the actual component that that COO is supposed to validate. Say, yeah, it is originally from this location. So replacing the COO with a registry of what you're talking to here's a snapshot with a genome of a product to me if i were a customs entity that would give such great credibility there you would be salivating over that type of information (laughs) (laughs) there you go it's like hey they i don't have to worry about it the work's been done i can you know spot check some of these and and check it out i know and i trust the person or the entity that did it 
you know, so I have a high degree of confidence. Yeah. So your point with the technology today, with all these open standards um, and the ability to graph a neural network of federated data. I know that was a mouthful. Um, but what it basically means is, is we, we can actually have a registry th that is decentralized and doesn't have an owner. Yes. Yeah. And it's, not just a, it's not just a single blockchain that is active and you have to use it and pay your money. It could, these attestations can reside any, on any blockchain. And if, if they have the proper schema and identifiers, we could create a index of where they exist anywhere. And we could ask the data owner, you know, wherever that data owner is to have access to the information, you know, that, that is anchored by that block on the blockchain. I know it's, it's crazy. It sounds crazy, but it's, it is possible to do this. Well, I, I will say this is that I would love to dive in, but I think it's going to be a, a separate show in this uh, for more detail. You're, you're talking about a network. Well, a, a network of registries. I mean, I, I've got a background with, with a lot of that kind of stuff when I was dealing with, uh, like we were trying to uh, digitize the ATA Carnet and and those kinds of things. And and so, you know, who's got control of the data? It's moving through. It's, you know, whatever. I understand that. I also understand the challenges from the WCO because you know, WCO, for those, again, is the World Customs Organization. And that's kind of like a trade association for customs entities from all the different governments, the way I put it. And in, 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 anyway, so interfacing, getting the WCO to recognize some of these things, I mean, that would be phenomenal. So it'll be interesting to see. You're still early in this. Uh, I won't say it's the infancy. It's it's maybe the adolescence age of your application of AI and taking this type of. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we're in production. Uh, we, we have enterprise customers. We're, we're, we're able to, you know, create that product genome and then we're able to figure things out like HTS code, like export controls, like free trade agreement qualification using our AI tools. We're doing that and then we're creating a snapshot. We haven't moved it to the point where we're, we're making that snapshot um, aware and available to just anybody who enters in the SKU for the product and they want to know if it exists. That's you know, part two, and and we're working on that at Origin BX because it, it 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 it's beyond KYG trade. It's 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 global, you know. And um, I would like to talk to you more. It, it's it's it, Origin BX has verticals for technology, apparel and footwear, life sciences, mining and minerals, because each of those industries have nuances that need to be addressed. But the but the basic underpinnings of that message set and the ability to anchor, you know, the attestation and then have it, um, the ability to, to identify if it exists using a registry and then asking the data owner, because the owner of the data is the manufacturer, not, not the platform, um, are, are all technologies that exist and we're working on making that available um, as you know, sort of 
right. Here's something that I would like to request then as we're talking through this. I mean, we're getting into some things that, quite frankly, I mean, some folks may go, man, this is so far over my head, whatever. I will say I would love to come back with another show where we go into a little bit more talking about the registry and things of that nature and how this is going to work and, and is what we're looking at. But for now, let me, let's come, let's bring this back to our original scenario scenario here. Um, I can't even hardly talk all of a sudden. I, I'm, I got to tell you, I get in, I, this, this kind of stuff intrigues me because I see the opportunity for compliance groups logistics and and purchasing the sourcing folks and all that to literally get together and this would be one of those that would help bind like three cords uh, are interwoven this could bind them together in such a positive way that it, it's like hey you're taking data everybody's staying uh focused on their core competency and this would then give that snapshot that would then the executive leadership of a company is like, Hey, you know, we've got a great team and here's where, and, and that comes in. And so I see some great opportunities there. So now with all this wonderful stuff we've talked about, what do I do about it? I'm a compliance person. I like what I'm hearing. What the heck should I be doing here? What would be well, my next you're, you're, you're step? Me up for a plug. <laughs> there, well, to that point, I'm fine with that for here, you know, because there's other AI applications and stuff like that. That's fine. But what would be your name? If somebody, if you were, if I'm like, Hey, I want to know about this, Todd, you got to go, go ahead to, and, and go throw to, it in yeah, here. Just go to kygtrade.com and, and, and learn and sign up for a demo. Um, I, I will say that, you know, I, 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 I designed and built the platform. I didn't build it myself, but um, the platform is designed to work for a small merchant on amazon.com or walmart.com or you know you know ebay anybody that that are getting bombarded with new regulations because of section you know de minimis shipments and you know customs is making it harder not easier so we're designed for the smallest importer exporter to figure this stuff out all the way up to the enterprise and, and it's a SaaS, it's a SaaS multi-tenant SaaS platform. So the cost of entry, the the you know, the, the entry point. Well, and so you're you're at, well to the, the to that level, you're talking about there it would it would be an easier way to integrate your functionality of this kind of AI function into what you're using day in and day out. If you're doing it manually, it sounds like you could use your system. If you, I've got a system already that is everything from an ERP, PO systems, uh, you know, uh, paperwork generation, all, the, all that, you know, that trade management system, yeah, GTM, this would be something that you could integrate and, and, and work through, right? You're absolutely right. We're not competing with um, any of the traditional global trade management software providers or track and trace platforms. We're You're doing an enhancement to what they're doing. We're extending Good. their capabilities. And yes. so it's not okay. like you need to switch to a whole new platform. This is this really is complementing and enhancing through API 
Um, some, some of our clients, you know, want to have their own instance. And so we deploy it on our private cloud. But if you're not there, you know, we, we have a, a multi-tenant public cloud instance through API. It's, it's affordable. It's affordable. I love that. This is, this is, this is good. I, I got to tell you, we could keep talking, but we, we've got to wrap this thing up because it's like, it, what a phenomenal show. And I'm like, there definitely needs to be more of this. And Todd, I hope this is not the last time we get to talk to you, my friend. I, I hope so too. And, and just a teaser, you know, we're not the company that's doing the test to determine where the cotton came from. I want to make sure that everybody understands that. What our platform does is it facilitates all of those companies that have their own variety of tests and attestation and inspections. We're facilitating a, a platform that makes it easier for them to do their job and to record their results. So everybody, you know, because if you're a big company with a, a big product line, you, you may need five different solutions depending on the product, right? It's an Ortane for this, but it's something else for that. Right. So so our platform, I like to say we're, we're sort of forced labor tests, country of origin tests, promiscuous. It doesn't matter which test is right for your product. We're you know, we 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 make it easy to plug those different providers in and enable them to do their job and record their results on, on, on our platform in, in a really efficient manner that gets rid of emails and attachments. So I'd love that. Okay, so let, let me throw it a different way from an application perspective. If I'm trying to look through and you know all my different, you know uh, the the as far as my uh, catalog of products that w my company is trying to sell and and all that, and we're sourcing out. Would this be another way to look at it? You're taking a digital genome that you're creating based on information available through multiple sources within the company, outside the company, whatever, for that particular widget. And as it goes through, another way to look at it would be it would help to identify those widgets that may need actual further validation and investigation versus those that the risk it appears to be very low that everything seems to be legitimate. And these are the items that are of higher risk so that it's more like an if then they said this seller, everything was fine, but based on the digital genome and what comes out of it, these are the ones that I need to put focus on and possibly send somebody to the actual origin with this, with a team of people to validate all these different things. Would that be a good assessment? Absolutely. And, and, yeah, absolutely right. And, and there will be a marketplace where you can find those people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So folks, there's the thing that out of all this discussion that we've had, one of the things that has been a big scare regarding the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act, Mexico, we see, is, is implementing a Forced Labor Prevention Act, uh, I believe, in May. Uh, Europe, as you uh, Todd mentioned, is uh, already ahead on this and putting uh, steps to, together on forced labor. And it's not just Uyghur, by the way. It's not just Northwest China. There's other parts of the world of any forced labor. But the point being is you have to uh show when an item comes into the country that that item has had no forced labor used in its 
goods. This is a way to automate some of that to show where you need to put your focus on versus the lower risk items so that you can get in there and make sure, hey, we, we may need to change your source on these things or go and validate it and get, you know, and, and then add to your digital footprint here, right? And, yeah. And again, it's from the inside out, not the, this right. macro outside. Is, is, yeah. is more general. Yeah. I love that. Lalo, what do you think, my friend? Well, I think we picked a winner here. This is going to be a... <laughs> This is going to be a, a um, one of those episodes where we try to condense down to thirty minutes, but there's no way. We'll just uh, have to air it as a full episode, as, two, as a two part one and part two. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, not only this, this is going to be a show that people should bookmark because they're going to need to come back right. to it. And you're going to be that listening and, to this a few times and, and to educate right. yourself, educate if on my case, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then reach out to Todd if you've got questions. Folks, hit his contact information and all of that to start asking questions of this one. So this is this is phenomenal. Well, I think this also um, uh, leads to possibly inviting Todd and a few others to do kind of like a little roundtable as this evolves, because obviously it's it's in its infancy. I mean, it's 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 uh, all new. And I guess if you listen to Elon, all AI is bad. But I mean, we're going to prove that it isn't, right? I mean, so uh, so so we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll figure out um, you know a little roundtable here as as the months progress, so that we can have a, a even deeper show on this. But I, I love this. I, it's obviously I'm in tech, so I, I that's that's what I really like. So, well, I, I, guys, this has been this has been great. You know, I, it's it's not often that I can talk to people that really get it. And, and, you know, it, it's, it really does get me excited and it's stimulating, you know, to talk to people who just, you know, understands it because they've, they've lived in this environment and they know what the obstacles are. I, I you know, as a partner providing consulting services, 80% of our time was just getting information about the product before we could figure out what it was and what to do with it. So it's exciting to see you guys uh, enthusiastic and responding this way. So thank you. Oh, no question. This is this is an evolution of application of technology into the supply chain and in a, 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 an area that, quite frankly, is needed um, and is just phenomenal. Now, saying that, it's going to be a case where, hey, if you're in logistics, if you're in the, the sourcing, purchasing, if you're in compliance, um, look, folks, you need to listen to this thing and get in with your IT folks and pull them in because this will be some of that stuff that, hey, this is cool. But seriously, this is how to minimize risk in an automated format and help identify where you need to apply expertise from your company into our higher risk areas. So I love yeah. it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, without breaking the bank. Yeah, there you go. Well, Todd, thank you, sir, for being on our show. And, and it's just, this has been fantastic. To our listeners of Simply Trade, this has just been another one. It's been a good one. I hope you really like this. Uh, it is phenomenal. And this is one that'll uh, stretch you for a uh, future that you need to get up to speed right. on some of the technology applications. Exactly. All right, guys. Thank you so much. 
Thank you very much for joining us. Simply Trade is brought to you by the generous contributions of Global Training Center. You can follow the show and GTC on LinkedIn or Twitter and other social networks. Make sure you check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. Also, make sure that you share this with a friend and subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. We really like hearing from you. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest in the show or would like to sponsor Simply Trade or suggest any topic you would like for us to discuss, please contact us via email at simplytrade at globaltrainingcenter.com or you can DM us on Twitter at simplytradepod. Thank you again for the privilege of your time. Happy trading. Simply Trade is not a law firm or an advisor. The topics and discussions conducted by Simply Trade hosts and guests should not be considered and is not intended to substitute legal advice. You should seek appropriate counsel for your own situations. These conversations and information are directed towards listeners in the United States for informational, educational, entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted for legal advice. No listener or viewer of this podcast should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information on this podcast without first seeking legal advice from counsel. Information on this podcast may not be up to date depending on the time of publishing and the time of viewership. The content of this posting is provided as is. No representations are made that the content is error-free. The views expressed in or through this podcast are those of the individual speakers, not those of their respective employers or Global Training Center as a whole. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast are hereby expressly disclaimed.